Doctors Bill and Veronica Winston are dedicated to seeing lives changed through the power of prayer. Our loving and highly trained prayer ministers are ready to pray and agree with you. We know that prayer can turn around any situation in your life. Contact us by phone at 1-877-543-9443 or submit your prayer request online at billwinston.org forward slash prayer. Follow us on Periscope and Facebook to join us for our regular live prayer sessions. We want to thank our partners who have made this prayer call center possible. Together, we are transforming lives throughout the world. If you are not a partner, we encourage you to pray about joining us in partnership and be a part of the wonderful work that God is doing through this ministry. We love you and look forward to praying and partnering with you. The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. Hello, I'm Bill Winston, and welcome to another program. The program that you're watching is called The Believer's Walk of Faith, where we walk by faith and not by sight. Praise God. Well, we have a special teaching today. We're going to be teaching on the subject of faith, but we're going to be talking about faith and corresponding action. Faith and corresponding action. Well, let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is really heaven on earth. The gospel is good news about what God has already done for you. It's posted. He's got it. He's sending you the email right here. And he's saying, this is what I've done for you. So what we have to do is go in here and find out what God has done and take that, acquire that, and get it into our spirit and then begin to speak it or act on it and manifest what God has done here on earth. Here's what Jesus put it. I pr pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. See, it's already done in heaven. Nothing is undone in heaven. Heaven is eternity. In eternal means, it's no time there. So all the things that God is ever going to do for you, he's already done. The Bible even talks about over in um, Ephesians chapter 1, in verses 3 and 4, in verse 4, he talked about he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So we were chosen in him. See, when God chose you, he made everything and appropriated everything for you. Let's go back to Adam. Same thing happened to Adam. Remember, God didn't create Adam on the sixth day until God had already made everything else. See? See, everything was in place. Now he made a man. Same thing about you. You were born in this earth. Everything was already in place. Every time you would go through something that you, a challenge that you need provision, you need uh, wisdom, you need all, all that was laid up. It's all laid up. The gospel is a good news about what's laid up and giving you the faith that you can have to access it because it can't be brought into this three-dimensional world except by faith. So we walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. And that living by faith means to, um, to live according to something God has already done. That, um, that's the way uh, we make our living is by faith. Now, let's go on over to um, 
James, James chapter, uh, chapter 2. I want to read three verses, uh, two verses, pardon me, in James chapter 2. And the first one here is found in verse 14. He says, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? Come on down here to verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devil also believes and trembles. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Faith without works is dead. And so what we said is faith without corresponding action is dead. It won't, re- it won't give you any results. Faith without corresponding action is dead. So I put some things down here in my notes for today's lesson about faith. One of the things we know about faith is, and if you don't know it, you're going to know it now, is that faith speaks. Faith speaks. Now, you got to watch it because if you're around people that for some reason you're a little intimidated about saying things that God says in his word versus saying things that are popular among the world, you, you find that you can't walk that well by faith because it'll eventually bring you to a place where you're going to have to say something. It really is. And, and, and that's why I say sometimes the believers are behind four walls and don't want to take it out to the streets. <laughs> no, no. See, he talked about the preparation of the gospel of peace, even put a, the shoes on shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace that found over in Ephesians chapter six. What he's talking about there is that the gospel of peace is that, you know, a lot of times people think that the preacher is the one who does the preaching and in reaching and so forth. No, 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 no. He wants you and I to take the gospel to people. He wants us to not only tell people about what God has done, but demonstrate, have a life that people can see that, hey, look what he's done for me. He'll do that for you. I think that if there were more manifestation or demonstration of God's word, we'd have churches be packed out, packed out, people standing in line waiting and so forth. And I'm just saying, it's once we get this gospel, there has to be a corresponding action to it. We got to do something with this because this gospel is made to manifest in this earth. He wants heaven to be in earth. When people see heaven, they say, wow, I remember one time I was preaching a message um, at a funeral going home service. God said, preach on heaven. <laughs> I said, okay. Well, you know, people are sad and everything and so forth and so on. I then begin to preach on heaven. I began to tell them what the streets were like. I began to tell them what the gates were like that you come through. I began to tell them what the scenery is like and what the mansions are like and so forth. When I got done, everybody was laughing. I mean, they were just overjoyed. What happened? They saw something they didn't see before. And the gospel is good news. I don't care how bad a situation is. The gospel tells you how good it can be. And all you have to do is believe. Just have the faith to receive it. And so that's what the gospel's supposed to do. It really supposed to encourage people. People supposed to have fun in church. I mean, yes, I mean, they just come to the, to the church meeting and, and testify and find out more things that they can do or have or what they can be and so forth. 
But people should see, you should be a living epistle. People should see it in our lives. But like I said, if the church left the community, would the community know it? That's not a good testimony. I want the community, and I believe in Jesus' name that in these last days, the church is going to be that prominent um, uh, person or prominent thing sitting uh, on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. Praise God that people are going to look up at the church because it's going to be phenomenal. I really believe that. Now, so faith speaks in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 17. Remember when they're about to be thrown in the fire and Daniel said, you know, that the God that we serve, he will deliver us. Now he said that in the midst of an impossible situation because that's what faith does. Faith decrees things in the midst of an impossible situation. Why? Because faith commits God. Faith commits God. I want you to see something on that. Turn to uh, John's gospel, John chapter 11. It's verse 39. It's when uh, Jesus had come to the graveside of Lazarus. Lazarus, as you know, they said he was dead. And now Jesus is coming in. Jesus is going to raise him up. And a few verses before that, it says that Jesus wept. That's verse 35. And when Jesus wept, people have preached, well, you know, Jesus was sad and he wept and so forth. That's not why Jesus wept. If Jesus is going to raise the man up, you know he didn't weep. Why would he weep? He wept because of the unbelief, unbelief of God's children of Israel. And he just wept because of the unbelief that was in there. But he comes on down here in verse 39, 39. And Jesus said, take away the stone. That's all I want to say. Praise God. Take away the stone. Glory to God. Why? Because faith commits God. Faith commits God. God will do it every time. It commits him. It's powerful. And that's one reason you have to have faith. Must have faith. Because in these last days, there's going to be some things that you're going to need faith for. And it's going to commit God. Once you say that, once you release faith, mm, you can go to sleep. That's what happened over there in, uh, in, in uh, I think it was Hezekiah. Over in 2 Kings chapter 19, Hezekiah prayed that powerful prayer that was brought back to him as as the prophet sent back the word to Hezekiah. He took that word, opened it up in the the house of God and began to pray it. Well, when you pray it and release it by faith, the Bible says that Isaiah, the prophet, spoke to one of Hezekiah's men and said, hey, tell him that God heard his prayer. Why did he hear it? Because he prayed it in faith and it committed God. Watch this. The king went to bed. Woke up the next morning, 185,000 dead. I mean, looked out all dead enemies. He didn't fight a battle. Why? Because it commits God. The God that we serve, he will deliver us. Also, faith acts. Faith acts. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 14, Jesus said to the 10 lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest. The Bible says, as they went, they were healed. Now, what was the problem with that? You don't show yourself to the priest until you are healed. Then you go for the priest for him to ceremonially verify the fact that you're healed. But what did they do? While the leprosy was still manifested, they went to show themselves to the priest. And as they went, faith took over healed them. 
Also, uh, you remember in Luke chapter 5, here again, faith acts, corresponding action. Here's Peter. Jesus got in his boat, started teaching, sat down, told Peter, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a job. Peter said, wait a minute, I fished all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. And once he released faith, faith gathered up all the fish. Praise God. He got them, hauled them in the boat and so forth. Now I'm just saying this, this is faith now. Faith takes. Faith takes. Now that's my scripture. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. So that desire that you have is that desire that causes faith to take what belongs to you. Now you're not taking it from God. He's already given it. He said, I've given you all things belong, uh, that pertain to life and godliness. So you're not taking it from God. What are you taking? Who are you taking it from? The devil. The devil was sitting on the promised land. He had his people on it and he said, I dare you. I defy you to come get it. Well, you have to take it. You have to take your healing. Come on, you're going to have to take whatever that promise is, you're going to have to take it. Now, why I say take? Because the enemy, the struggle is trying to hold the promise back from you by having you to get into doubt or condemnation or get weak somehow in fear and so forth and so on to try to keep you from taking what belongs to you. But just imagine Satan trying to sit on your stuff. You're going to have to take it from him. Give me my stuff. Praise God. Take that thing. So when you do that prayer, of taking your provision, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You have to believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You have to take it. Believe you received it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I believe I received it. All right. Now let's just keep going. See what else faith does. Faith releases God's power. Well, you know that because when the power is there and you could look at Mark chapter five, Mark chapter five, when the woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Notice she spoke. Now corresponding action, she came out of the room. Once she came out of that, out of her house, once she came out of that, she pressed her way. This is faith talking now. She pressed her way and touched him. He said, who touched my clothes? The disciples said, wait a minute, all these people pushing on you? Say, who touched me? No, no, no. Somebody has touched me. Now what happened? Faith took, got it? Also, faith released the power. Jesus said, virtue has gone out of me. So it released the power. So faith that you have will release the power that's in the word. And that's what I do sometimes. I read that word and read that word and read the word. Not, not how, how much I read, how many volumes of pages I read. No, no. I just read this one word. It'll lead me to another word. Now I'm building my faith. Lead me to another word. Lead me to another. Pretty soon faith is built and I'm ready to act on that word. Now also, faith appropriates God's blessings. Faith appropriates God's blessings. Oh, you might have the blessings and they have your name on them, but you're going to have to receive them by faith. That's what I mean by appropriate. It actually receives from God. One man described faith like this, invisible hand that goes up into the heavens, the eternal, the invisible, 
and it takes hold of what belongs to you and brings it back down into the earth. So if you could see that when you pray the prayer, Mark 11, 24, if you can just imagine that happening, that this thing is coming to you now, angels are bringing it to you now, the Holy Ghost is manifesting this thing now, and keep your faith. Praise God. Last, faith protects. Faith protects. Let's go to that scripture. Let's go to uh, Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 6. Okay. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Here's one thing you might want to write down. Satan cannot steal what is covered by faith. And your money, your kids, in, it doesn't make any difference. The only way he got into Job's life is Job left his faith. He dropped his faith. The only reason he got into Jacob's life and, and so forth. And Jacob thought that for uh, some reason Joseph had gotten killed and he just dropped all his faith. The next thing you know, Jacob is in the back of the bread line trying to get food like the world. Well, he left his faith. So I'm just saying sometimes it's easier to get somewhere than it is to keep it. Sometimes it's easier to get something than it is to keep it. I'm talking about when you're walking by faith. Because you've got to maintain faith. That shield's got to stay up so that the devil can't penetrate it. The first place he tries to penetrate is your mind. Tries to make you think something that God didn't say. And you got to just keep that shield of faith up. Just When I see it coming in on me, I get a scripture. Praise God. And I'll get a, shoot off around. Say, no, 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 no. By his stripes, I am healed. Praise God. And just leave it right there. All right, let's go to Jonah. Jonah, glory to God. Now, this is Jonah chapter 1. That doesn't have, I think, but two chapters. But Jonah chapter 1. Now, as you know, Jonah was supposed to preach. And he's supposed to go to Nineveh. And Nineveh is kind of interesting. Nineveh was mentioned over there in Genesis. And Nineveh, Nineveh, uh, if you do historical study, Nineveh, Nineveh was a place where they had people of color, you know. And uh, that's where they lived. Well, Jonah was supposed to go down there to preach. And Jonah cut out and went the other way. <laughs> well, he got on this boat, and he got on it with these people, and a storm came up. And the storm was so bad that the people wondered what was going on here. Now look what it says in verse 10 of Jonah chapter 1. Then were the men exceeding afraid and said, one, uh, said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So he told them he was rebelling against what God told him to do and got on their boat. Now, is somebody on your boat <laughs> that is running away from an assignment from God and is have nothing but trouble? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so the next thing that happens down here, Joseph says something. Verse, I mean, Jonah said something. Look at verse 11. Then said they unto him, what shall we do unto thee that 
the sea may become calm unto us. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. Now that means that more and more, it got more and more violent. Let's come on down to verse 12. And he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. I'm not sure how to say that, <laughs> but that's what he said. He said, go ahead and throw me into the sea. They said, all right, we'll oblige you. And he threw him into the sea. And look at verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. My Lord, fish swallowed him up. So here, Jonah, running from his assignment, connects on with people who uh, hopefully would take him the other way. But he causes all kinds of problems. Why? Because it, it, the problem's not with the people. The problem's with the person who is associated with him. So you got to watch your association sometimes and people will cause you more problems because you're not supposed to connect up with them. And so what happens now is they threw him overboard. Well, a fish swallowed him up. God prepared a fish. Now he's down there. Now, if you look at this scripture, it's a type of Christ going down and paying the price for us in hell. If you especially read uh, chapter two, talks about weeds around his neck and so forth and being in torment and so forth. Now, coming down to verse seven of chapter two, when my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee, unto thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to thee with a voice of thanksgiving and I will pay that, that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake to the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. All right, let's just look and see what happened here. When Jonah is in his worst place, he praised God. He gave thanksgiving to God. In his worst place now. Now notice what he's got to do. He's got to get out of there. And he, he, he tried probably moaning or whatever have you, but he started sacrificing a praise. He calls it sacrifice because you know it's not what I want to do. Lord, I could cry. I could, I could whatever, but not, not, not praise you, not be happy in the midst of this trial. Yes, that's the way faith works. And I put something down here. I said, it says, I said, praise celebrates what is written. Thanksgiving celebrates what is happening. Two different types of celebration. So notice here, praise celebrates what is written and Thanksgiving celebrates what is happening. And I'm saying he gave thanks to God. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but it everything by prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Philippians in chapter four, verses six and seven. So my point to you is one time I got home from school in full-time seminary and I tell you, my, my, I was just troubled. It's just everything was happening. It looked like wrong. And I came home, my wife saw how weary I looked. She said, sweetheart, let's just praise the Lord. 
I said, I don't want to praise the Lord. I mean, you could be at that point. You need somebody to pray for you to just praise the Lord. And I just, I, and, and she, she just praised the Lord and so forth. Boom, something started breaking. Isn't that something? At a time that, that here they are, the enemy had surrounded them. And, and the Bible says over in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, you will not need to fight this battle. The battle is not yours, but God. Just start praising him. And when they start praising God, the enemy turned on one another. Look at that praise. Why? It's an act of faith. It releases your faith in God to care for you. And I'm telling you, a lot of times people don't understand it. The Bible says it's a mystery, but it releases that anointing. It releases the power of God and God in. It will shift the battle so God can come in and fight your battles. Praise, the power of praise and thanksgiving. And we're coming up on Thanksgiving Day that we give thanks, glory to God for what is happening. Give him thanks even in advance for what's going to happen. Just thank God for it. Well, wouldn't he thank God when he gave him praise, the fish vomited him out on dry land. Think of this as a type of Christ. Jesus said over in Mark chapter 10, he said, listen, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to be killed. In three days, I'm going to rise again. And down in that place for three days, uh-uh, what it takes to come out of there is praise. When you lift your hands up in praise, notice a child, they're lifting their hands up to the father and notice what a parent does, picks them right up. They expect it. And I'm saying a lot of times people don't like to lift their hands up, but when you do lift your hands up and praise him, you'll see God will lift you right up out of your dilemma and set you on dry land. Well, that's all we have now. This is called faith and corresponding action. To order today's series, Faith and Corresponding Action, on CD or MP3, on DVD or MP4, call us at 1-800-711-9327. You can also contact us online at BillWinston.org or order today's Acts of Faith Bundle, which includes Faith and Corresponding Action series and Dr. Winston's best-selling book, The God Kind of Faith, The Expanded Edition. In this book, you'll receive clarity and a deeper understanding of how to truly live by faith. In this special bundle, Dr. Winston teaches that when you believe God for something, your actions must correspond with what you believe for manifestation to take place. Order this revelation-rich bundle today. Doctors Bill and Veronica Winston are dedicated to seeing lives changed through the power of prayer. Our loving and highly trained prayer ministers are ready to pray and agree with you. We know that prayer can turn around any situation in your life. Contact us by phone at 1-877-543-9443 or submit your prayer request online at billwinston.org forward slash prayer. Follow us on Periscope and Facebook to join us for our regular live prayer sessions. We want to thank our partners who have made this prayer call center possible. Together, we are transforming lives throughout the world. If you are not a partner, we encourage you to pray about joining us in partnership and be a part of the wonderful work that God is doing through this ministry. We love you 
and look forward to praying and partnering with you. The mission of Bill Winston Ministries is to preach the gospel of the kingdom throughout the world. This broadcast has been made available to you through the faithful support of Bill Winston Ministry partners and friends. We invite you to become a partner and join Dr. Bill Winston as he trains believers how to live independent of this world system and have dominion over it. Thank you, Bill Winston Ministry partners and viewers for your continuous support of the Believer's Walk of Faith broadcast. The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers.